Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Time with Threat podcast, or the podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. I'm sure it goes without saying that this year, 2020, has been a year that many of us would like to put behind us because this is a year that shook the world, really, but particularly the United States of America. I'm sure if many of us had any idea or had been told that 2020 would be the year we, we're experiencing it now, we, we wouldn't believe it. But uh, from the pandemic that have claimed slightly over a quarter of a, a million lives in the United States alone, through the politically charged um, season that we're experiencing, coupled with the racial tension that we've all experienced here, I'm sure it goes without saying that it's left us anything but united. But as I think about the lessons that we need to learn um, from, from 2020, I, I think one of the most important lessons for me personally um, is how, how do we start or where do we start? How do we heal our land? And that's where my special guest today comes in. It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. And the topic that we're going to be talking about today is how to heal our land or healing our land. My guest today is uh, Bob Berg. Bob is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, who's been a previous guest on the show, has sold over 975,000 copies and has been translated into 29 languages. His and John's newest travel and the Goal Giver series is the Goal Giver Influence. I need to check it out if you've not read it or if you're a fan of the Goal Giver. Bob's an advocate. He's a supporter and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He, he's also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his hometown of Jupiter. Florida. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the Time with Fred podcast today. Hey, my pleasure, Fred. It's an honor to be with you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is all mine. Bob, if I can start with a quote um, that, that, you, 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 um, that, that you wrote uh, when you uh, wrote this article, it says, tact and kindness should never be confused with compromise. You can always speak to others tactfully, politely, and respectfully without compromising your values, and this is a quote um, that that you wrote. Bob, why why this particular quote as we kind of lead into the discussion today? Well, in the article you're referring to, uh, how to heal a country is based on the fact that right now we could not be any more split in terms of of now you know there's there's a, a number of different political parties but there are two main ones democrats and republicans and um you know there was always a, a back and forth between them there was always in a sense antagonism between them for as long as we've had those parties and and other parties throughout our our country's history but it had typically been until about the last 15 years or so fred it had it had pretty much been i'm right you're wrong. So if I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican, I'm right, you're wrong. If I'm a Republican and you're a Democrat, I'm right, you're wrong. Okay, I'm right, you're wrong is not the best way to go about a, a debate in, in, in any way, but it's manageable because 
if you believe that you're right and the other person's wrong or naive or what have you for any other reason incorrect, you will still engage with that person in order to persuade them to your side. Okay. So it's not, I'm right. You're wrong is not, it's not great, but it's manageable, but it's no longer over the last 15 years. It's no longer. I'm right. You're wrong. It's I'm right. You're evil. And if we see the other side, if you will, the other person as being evil, we will not engage with that person because why would you engage evil? Evil is incorrigible. It cannot change. It simply is what it is. It's evil. If the other person believes you're evil, they're not going to engage with you because why would that, right? So, so there's nowhere to go at, at that point. Now, because of the way that if we can use the word loosely, communication has now become, you know, it's almost as though if you're, if you're kind to someone and speak respectfully, it must mean you're weak or it must mean you don't hold to principles because if you really did, you'd never speak respectfully to someone else, right? And I'm saying, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Tact Kindness should never be confused with, with compromise. We can always speak tactfully, kindly, respectfully to others without compromising our values. It means, sure, we believe what we believe. Now, we're open, of course, to what we, we should as human beings always be open to learning something that we don't know. But let's not even start with that. Right? Let's just say we believe a certain way, and that is how it is, okay, for right now. But we can still speak with kindness, tact, and respect to the person. In other words, one does not deny the other, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? There's no dichotomy. You're either respectful or you stand on principle. No, you're both. It's an and. You're respectful and you stand on principle. And I think we need to start there. Absolutely. And you bring up an important point, which I have, um, you know, in following everything else that's, uh, that's transpired and in watching both sides. I am not, I'm, I'm apolitical, if you ask me. I mean, it's not, it's not about this party versus, versus that party, but we're talking about this because that's really, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. So we're, we're just as a, as a disclaimer, yeah. Yeah. just as a disclaimer, I'm libertarian. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty much outside the paradigm yeah. and so there are some areas in which I agree with Republicans, and there are yep. some areas which I agree with, with Democrats. Okay, I, I, but I'm basically, with you there. I, yeah, as a, a libertarian, we hold liberty, personal, mm -hmm. individual liberty, as our highest political value. Absolutely, and, that's and I think that's from. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that puts us in a much better way to be able to look at this, this topic and discuss it very objectively because there, there are no uh, hard feelings. Right, there. exactly. But one of the points, exactly. yeah, one of the points you, you brought up, which, you know, you talk about the evil part, and then I've followed, you know, this uh, extensively uh, this year more than any other, um, and have wondered, Bob, whether there is any common ground because it's, it's one person against the other, it's one party against the other, and, and the acrimony and, and, and the bitterness and the hatred. And, and I mean, we're not going to go into the details, but we only need to listen to the news to hear the extent of how, how damaging uh, this, this has become. And it, it's left as very polarized and, and marginalized. And, and one of the things you, you write in, in your article, uh, you write that, that it's, this is not about a politicians, it's, it's about the citizenry, right? it's, it's about us, it's about you right. and me. 
because it's we, the individual ourselves, uh, who can come together voluntarily in order to create a mass movement that would eventually result in the reuniting of so many of us, right? But if, if until we start seeing things that way, until we start seeing common ground and not seeing someone as evil only because they don't belong to my party, uh, we, we have a long way to go. Will, will that be a fair, fair argument there? It, it is. And there actually is common ground, and it's not about compromising, okay? Uh, to to compromise, by the way, there's a, certainly a, a time and place in life to compromise in certain yeah. ways. I've, that's never, to me, the first um, goal to compromise because compromise, when you think of it, and, and you know, John David Mann, my awesome co-author, uh, who you mentioned earlier uh, yeah. uh, in the Go Giver and the Go Giver Influencer, we say that you know, compromise comes from an old Greek word meaning nobody actually gets what they want and everybody feels terrible about it. Uh, now, it's not really what it means, but it might as well because when you think about it, what is compromise? It means you're giving up something in order to move forward. Okay, now again, there's a time and place for it but it's not what we want people to necessarily think of first. I don't want people, uh, compromise by, by its very nature is kind of a lose-lose, right? Whereas collaboration, mm -hmm. which is where we want people to go to first, collaboration's a win-win. Collaboration means one plus one equals three. It means you're both getting what you want. And there is room for collaboration here too. But, but here's, here's where it begins. It's, it's understanding why the, uh, and this was kind of point part two of the article. Part one is what we've been talking about. It's seeing that other person not as evil, but as someone with basically good intent who just simply is maybe wrong. That's fine. You can, there's nothing wrong with seeing someone as wrong right? They're wrong, different ways of, of doing things. But, but good intent is different from, good intent and wrong is different from evil. Okay. Now, right. is anyone evil in this whole thing? Well, I think the fringes on both sides have some kind of evil people. Okay. But that's a far, I mean, that's really the, the far of each, each time. Most people, most people are good people. Most people are decent people. And I think most people want a country that we can, we can uh, um, pursue our happiness, where we can be healthy and happy and abundant. And, you know, I mean, most people want that. Now, how they would go about it, in this case, the Democrats and the Republicans, how they would go about that is to, are two totally different methodologies, okay? But they, they want basically the same thing. That's the common ground. Okay. See, both Democrats and Republicans, uh, again, the mainstream, not, not the far, but we're not talking about them, but just the main, they want people to be healthy. We, we all want people to have health care that is high quality, uh, that is um, affordable, and that's accessible. We all want that. Now, the Democrats would say there's one way to do that. Uh, the Republicans would say there's a whole different opposite way of doing that. But when we both, when we understand that the other side also wants that same thing, now there's somewhere for us to go. Then it's a matter of how do we do it? Understanding that, yes, you have good intent. And I, I appreciate the fact that like me, you want to live in a country where people are able to have high quality 
accessible and affordable healthcare. I think our, our biggest difference is how we would see going about the best way to, to make that happen. Now yeah. you're, yeah. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a really good point. And, and I like uh, the distinction there between, you know, you know compromise, because we've, we've all been at least led to believe that, uh, you know, in order for, for there to be peace, I, I, I have to, sometimes I need to be able to give up my, my desire uh, for wanting to be right, right, and see things from, from your perspective. That does not make me weak, right, but it's, it's finding that common good. What are we fighting towards, right? It's not about me being right. It's not about me, me, me being perceived as weak, but it's, it's, it's for the common good. So how then do we differentiate that? I mean, to change that paradigm, if you will, from, you know, it's, it's okay to give up my ride, but that doesn't make me a weak person. It's because we're all marching towards, you know, some, some common ground here. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you, you're, you're not really giving up anything. Um, you, you know, uh, again, you're staying congruent with your, your values. I think the, the difference is, you know, we say, if you look at how the Democrats and Republicans see each other in terms of, let's say, healthcare, okay, the Democrats would say, well, the Republicans don't believe that government should be in charge of healthcare. They want to see people dying on the street. Now, follow that to its natural conclusion, really. I mean, you really think that, that most Republican people, they, they, they want to see people dying on the street. You know, if we get rational and logical, we know that's not the case. Now, the Republicans say, well, the Democrats, they want to ruin health care. They want people to have to be on a waiting list for a year to, to, to have an operation that they need in a month. Uh, they want people to have, no, of course they don't either. Each side would like to believe that the way they see healthcare run is the way that would serve the most people toward the highest end. Yeah. So, so the first thing is to understand why the other person believes as they do. Mm. Now, I had a couple suggestions in the article. One, the first thing was to read a book um, called The Righteous Mind. Uh, by a, a gentleman, a professor by the name of Dr. Jonathan Haidt, spelled H-A-I-D-T. Uh, and he, uh, the, the basic premise of the book is that, you know, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals or progressives, however, um, they, they have common values that they define totally differently. So, for example, and let's just take one example, um, uh, fairness, okay? Both Democrats and Republicans hold fairness as a very high value. But if you look at how they even unconsciously define fairness, it's two different ways. A Republican would basically, in their mind, understand fairness as being, if you produce a certain thing, you are rewarded for it. If you don't produce, you're not rewarded for it. A Democrat also holds fairness in high value, but the way they understand fairness is usually equality of outcome, regardless of production. Okay? Uh, again, I'm not saying right or wrong. Yeah. I'm saying that's how each would see it. Yeah. So if you understand that, now when you're talking about fairness you can kind of see how they're, so you can understand, it doesn't mean you have to agree, but you can understand how they're seeing and understanding 
fairness. Uh, it, now, that was my one suggestion. Read that book because I think it's, a, it's an eye-opener, okay? Now, the other thing I said is if you happen to read, listen to, watch the same broadcast media all the time, mm -hmm. the ones that happen to agree with what you already believe, mm -hmm. you are in that quote unquote echo chamber and yeah. you can't get out of it. Yeah. Okay. And you cannot possibly understand how the other side sees that issue. Yeah. So yeah. what I suggest is, you know, if you watch Fox news, uh, you know, all the time, watch MSNBC. Now, let's say you're a Democrat and you watch Fox News. The, the temptation is to watch it and listen to them and say, oh, what a bunch of morons. Oh, my gosh, these climate denying, science denying, this, oh, how can they even? Well, if you do that, you're really not getting any understanding. Right. Okay. The same as if you are a Republican and you're watching CNN or MSNBC. And you're saying, oh, man, these socialist morons. Yeah. Do they, I mean, are they looking to just absolutely have our system crumble yeah. uh, out, of, with, out of the, you know? Well, if you do that, again, you, you can't learn anything. You cannot yeah. learn how they're thinking. Yeah. So what I suggest is watch, not to, not to agree, yeah. but not to just out of hand disagree and name call and, and feel righteous about how yeah. idiotic the other person is. Yeah. Just watch for why they think the way they think. Yeah. You'll start as a, as a, No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you'll start seeing patterns develop and you'll start getting an understanding of their thought processes. And it's only at that point that you're in a position now to engage that other person. If you don't understand why they believe a certain thing, regardless of how wrong they are, if you don't understand why that you cannot persuade. That is a very powerful lesson, uh, Bob, you, 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 you touch on, which I believe even transcends, you know, the, the, the politics here. Because even if you bring it to uh, relationships, right? I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a parent of a teenager, and there are times that, that I feel like I know it all, right, because I'm <laughs> a dad. And, and I hear my daughter say, but dad, you, you don't understand, you know, mm. you grew up back then, but it, this is a different era. And, and there's everything in me that wants to come out and, you know, you, know, you, you shut up because I'm the parent. It's, it's, it's what I say, right? But I've had to step back sometimes to, to, to try to see things from that lens, right? I may not agree, I may not understand, but once I start asking myself why, why is she saying what she's saying or why does she mm -hmm. believe what she believes? And until I start forcing myself to, to understand from her perspective, you know, uh, and, and there's been times that I've done that and, oh, wow, you know, she's right, right? But as long as I hold my or stand mm -hmm. my ground and believe that it's my, it's, that my word is the final say, there is always well. this, you know, conflict because I don't get her, she doesn't get me, and if it's, you know, marriage, relationships, and the workplace, leader subordinate, I think it cuts across all divides. So I think there's a powerful le lesson here for all of us, really. I mean, even if we step outside of this political box to start seeing things from the other person's perspective, um, I think that's really one of the powerful ways we can get our, our, our land back on our world back uh, to, to where we need to be. That, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful, a powerful lesson there. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's interesting with what you were saying about your daughter and you being the final authority. And of course, Dr. Maxwell, who's one of your mentors, you know, he, he would call that 
positional authority and say that that's never as persuasive, right? That's never as influential. Uh, And the person may have to comply, but they're not committed to your idea. Yeah, Yeah, so sure, sure. Yeah. Now, I do agree that there's a, there's a time and place for that, you know, as a leader. Oh, of course. You have to take the reins and, you know. Absol- and oh, down, absolutely. It, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Wisdom, yeah. wisdom is knowing the difference, right? <laughs> absolutely. 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 And so other than, you know, understanding the why, what else, uh, Bob, can, can help us, you know, get back on track or, you know, kind of unify, oh, you know, our, yeah. our, 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 our country? So once we see them as being well-intentioned, mm-hmm. okay, as opposed to evil, just well-intentioned but naive and wrong, and that's okay, and, but not evil, then that allows us to explore understanding why they feel the way they feel. Once we have a good grasp of that, now we can explore the issues with them. You know, you've, you've heard me say before that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, they'll also um, do business with or allow themselves to be engaged by or influenced by those people they know, like, and trust. So while ideas and the truths that you communicate about your position, while they're important, they don't persuade. Mm. Words don't persuade. People persuade. Mm. So to the degree that you handle yourself in such a way that they know, like, and trust you, that's the degree they'll be open to your ideas. But it goes a step further because we might say, well, Bob, okay, I I get this. You you know, you're seeing them with good intent and you're, you're understanding where they're coming from and you're making your points, but they're gone. I mean, they are so, you know, far to the left or far to the right, whatever the, you know, that, I mean, it doesn't matter what you say, you know, their mind's made up. Don't even bother confusing them with the facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And by the way, that's a very um, realistic point, And that will be the case sometimes, but here's the thing. Typically, whether in person or especially online, there are many more people lurking and listening and watching and paying attention than there are actually engaged in the conversation. And most of those people, most of those people are not so far to one side that they cannot be persuaded. Okay? Uh, many of them agree with the left in some ways and agree with the right in other ways. I mean, but they're, you know, they can be persuaded to your point of view. But here's what it takes. They're, see, they're listening and they're watching mm-hmm. to see how the two people engage with each other. Yes. So when this person is referring to you as evil and they're getting mad and they're acting out of emotion and they're trying mm-hmm. to, they're just, threat, right? And you're being very tactful, mm-hmm. kind, gracious, crediting them when they have a good idea, saying, yes, that's a, a very reasonable point. What I'm thinking, is, you know, and so forth, they're looking for who's communicating in a way that they feel good about, who they like, and they trust a person who is able to communicate like that. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is such a, a profound way, way to put it. I, I'd, I'd venture to say, and I'm sure you'd agree, that it takes a lot of maturity, right, to, 
to, to be that person yes, who it continues does. To, to be fair to Central and not cave in right to, 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 to the other party. Um, uh, but then the question is, and, I, and I'll, I'll throw this out there, and I've heard this, you know, I'm, I'm always trying, but the other person is not. You know, I'm always the one giving in. I'm always the one extending that olive branch, and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to stoop that low. If they're not going to see it my way, then, then so be it, right? What does it take for one to continue to, to be the nice guy or nice girl, even if the other party is not, is not playing ball? How, how do we... And this is where I think it gets a lot, a lot difficult, even in personal relationships, right? It's, it's one, it's the wife or the husband, and one party is the one trying to yield and, and cave in, and the other party, whether it's just being totally oblivious or not willing to do that. How do you sure. overcome that challenge? Okay, so the first thing is I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it as giving in. I wouldn't give in. It's nowhere. Again, we're not in any way saying that you should agree with something that's not your that that isn't. Now there are times when there's a very minor point, and you can concede a very very minor point. Okay in order to make a bigger point. I mean, there's always a cost-benefit analysis to any kind of, right? And so, you know, if you keep making the other person wrong, they're going to resist. Okay, so you don't know. You, you don't want to do that. But at the same time, you also don't want to lie and you don't want to yeah. say, you know, get, no. And it's, so it's not a matter of that. It's always coming back to the point. It's very patiently coming yeah. back to the point. You know, again, I, I love your passion for wanting to blah, 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 blah. I think that's so admirable, which, by the yeah. way, it is. It's yeah. so admirable. How do you feel there would be a so-and-so, so-and-so if, Blah 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 blah, and so mm -hmm. see you need to know your um, you need to know your facts. Yeah. Again, it's not the facts sell, right? Uh, the people, right? It's, it's a right. Uh, facts don't persuade. People persuade, but yeah. you still need to know the facts. Yeah. Because you need to yeah. be able to ask questions to yeah. that person yeah. and do it patiently and always frame it in a way that you respect their viewpoints, you respect their heart, you respect their. Uh, their desire for truth, yeah. you respect, right? And again, you've got the other people looking in. Now, you get to the point, you say, well, first of all, as far as it being with one person who just no matter how much you engage with them one-on-one, -on -one, they're not changing, well, you've got to make a decision to yourself. Yeah. Do you want to keep engaging with them? They're just one person. Yeah. But here's why I like doing it a lot of times. Yeah. I like the practice. Yeah. The more infuriating a person can be, mm -hmm. the better practice it is. And the more we practice, the more that when we're in a position where someone yeah. can actually be persuaded, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, going 10 rounds with, uh, you know, a, a, a brute who you got, you yeah. know, then you go in the ring and it's someone who's yeah. you, more your, well, now it's a cakewalk. Yeah. Test you know? of character. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a test of character. Bob, I, we, we could go on and on, but I want to be respectful of time. As we kind of wrap this up, because I know you have another engagement, but um, I, I want you to address this one thing I do a lot uh, in my podcast. I want you to address, you know, the, the, the person watching or listening to this who may, you know, find themselves in, 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 in a difficult position. Maybe it's, it's that inability to forgive, or maybe they're just being so scarred, you know, with everything that they just can't see uh, the way forward. Um, just, just speak to them, just give them some words, and as we kind of end up this year, there's a lot living in trepidation, fear, and, and, and all that over what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we, we can't control what, what, what happens, but we can control how we react. It's um, that's well, how I see it. So. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head, yeah. okay? Because 
successful people deal in truths. Mm. They understand the laws of nature, uh, physical nature, financial nature, economic nature, human nature. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, they may wish things weren't that way, but they don't let that get in the way of them understanding the truth. The truth is what is. Okay? Then we say, okay, what is it in this truth? Uh, in, in this case, let's talk about the pandemic and things that it keeps us from doing. What is it about it that we cannot control? Okay, and let's acknowledge it and let's let's understand that acknowledge it, but don't focus on it. Mm. Now we've got to turn our focus to what we can control. Mm. How can I still reach out to people and engage? Mm. How can I add value to them? How can I make a difference? How can I communicate? What are the things I can do? Again, we're not denying what we can't do okay we're dealing in truths but we also know that there's certain things we cannot control and to, to to waste any more time than we have to on that is counterproductive we instead focus on what we can do and how we can create value based on what we can do mm -hmm. true our words have never been spoken bob thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, your wisdom i, I love your goal-giver series uh, uh, John. Thank you, Fred. Um, and i'm sure many many can say that and to you our listeners for for tuning in and i'm sure you've uh, gotten some some valuable nuggets and gems out of this uh remember what bob said it's not what you can't control right it's what you can control tomorrow we'll take care of itself the worrying anxiety while not minimizing all of that uh, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the now, what we can control. And I'm sure that will get us on the path we need uh, towards uh, national healing, you know, personal healing and all of that. So thank you again for coming, Bob. I really appreciate you. And to you, our listeners, for watching. Thanks and stay well. Thank you, Fred.